0: Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in the CIM Marketing Podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. This series is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. And we're joined today, I'm delighted to say, by Asif Traudry, FCIM, who is Sales and Marketing Director at Resource. And by a golden great of this podcast, Miss Gemma Butler, who is Marketing Director at CIN itself, at HQ at Moore Hall. Asif, Gemma, how are you today?
0: Great, thank you.
2: Very good indeed. It's a pleasure to be on. So I'm a huge fan of the podcast, so I feel quite
1: honored and privileged to be here. So thank you for the invite. Kind words, kind words, Asif. Thanks very much. Um, social media, social media, social media. We seem to hear about very little else nowadays, how to leverage your social media, how to better engage your audience with social media, how to improve your commercials through social media. Is it time to take a step back and ask, do we always need social media as marketers? And if we do need it, when do we need it? And how should we use it? And are we really aware of the potential drawbacks with it? Asif, do you use social media? I do. Twitter and LinkedIn are my
2: platforms of choice. I have uh, dabbled in the past with uh, Facebook and Instagram and neither of those experiences lasted very long because for me I use it primarily or only for my career and connecting with old school friends, to be honest with you, if those people I don't speak to after I left school there's a reason for that and Facebook's a very personal it's become a hugely personal one but I know it's big on b2c but Instagram I tried it Uh, there's very little conversation that goes on Instagram it's a broadcast channel for me and that's not how I uh, engage with people who are going to help me in my career and, and business so yeah Twitter and LinkedIn for me. You alluded there to
1: some drawbacks of it of the ones you do use are you particularly careful how you use it, or do you just use it for anything and everything? I use them both. I've been on LinkedIn for
2: for years, and it was always a you kind of thing. If you, uh, if you were in a job and you were doing business, then you kind of had to be on it. Just 20 years ago, 15 years ago, it was for people who network or needed to network before social media. That was probably the main platform for me. So I think it was one of those things you had to be on there. Uh, and Twitter, I find since 2009 when I started um, uh, on my account there has been hugely influential for business and it's not uh, you know work-life balance and all that kind of stuff for me it's there is there is no divide now because that human element that everybody's kind of looking for it's it's the old trait of great networking relationship building The, the main benefit is now I can do it I don't have to be Uh, You know, you don't have to reserve a chamber breakfast or a BNI breakfast meeting to meet people anymore. Digital's made it far easier to do what good networkers have always been able to do, but had to go somewhere to do it. So it's been hugely uh, uh, successful. And from a business point of view, uh, probably over 80% of our business comes through somebody seeing a post on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, It's been phenomenal. And people are talking about community building now eight years ago, I, I don't even think that term was a thing. And it's just happened, we've been able to get people into a conversation and keep them there, which uh, ordinarily you'd have
1: to do through experiential events and things like that. So it's been good. So that's a fairly emphatic case study of social media when used in the right way, benefiting yeah. you in your business and in your career. Gemma Butler's yeah. with us today, Director of Marketing at CIM. Have you had a similar experience, Gemma? How has social media been for you as a career booster?
0: Uh, I think from a career, I mean, social media for me has been, um, I've not really uh, got that involved in it, if I'm honest, in a major way. I've never had a Facebook account, I'm proud to say. Uh, I just, I I never got it when it first came out and never understood why people cared what you had for breakfast, what your relationship status was. It just it just made me think it was a little bit sort of, you're living in your echo chamber and it sort of, you just, it felt a bit vain. Uh, I tried Instagram. Uh, It was okay, but didn't really see the benefit of it. Um, The only one I do is is LinkedIn. And um, in terms of benefiting my career, I'd say, you know, it's it's probably only in the last two years that I've really actually started using it to uh, to its full potential, as I see. And that's sort of come from my work with CIM, but also my sustainability work. So I've built one of the most amazing networks on LinkedIn um, and, you know, I, I really do see a huge amount of value in, in that space uh, for meeting people, for having conversations, for finding out, you know, what people think about things. Um, and I guess for me, it's it's really about uh, spreading the word and raising awareness and educating people through the work I do and pointing them, you know, into into different areas for them to have a look at, but also introducing people and asking people what their views and recommendations are.
1: Right. So Asif, we're two and no. We're two and no. Two yeses. It's great for your career. Two yeses. It's great for your business. Gemma was a late adopter to it. She says from as a business tool, but she's embraced it and it's working for her. But she said in a personal capacity, she's an interesting. Word there. She said it's a little bit vain, suggesting it's a little bit superficial, a little bit vacuous, perhaps. And do you think away from the business side of using social media, marketers have a duty to use it in their personal capacity? Should they even be using it in a personal capacity if it's just a glorified looking glass? And yeah, I think that that's
2: a that's a great question. I think it's a it's an important point to Uh, That would probably divide many people because, you know, there's a lot of talk about marketers. They, you know, most marketers are having to either be at the heart of digital marketing or are responsible for it. So they're either executing campaigns on it or they're they're responsible for campaigns that are executed on those channels so they've got to be an understanding of that just in the same way i don't think it's any different from that perspective they need to understand it like they would have done um uh, door drop marketing or outdoor out of home advertising radio adverts etc they'd still need to understand it from that perspective for the job but from a personal point of view i think that's entirely up to the individual what they want to share there's definitely an element of the human side of people that uh, you know is available, and people have their own choice whether they sh- should or shouldn't share anything personally. I do share personal stuff on there, and um, it certainly helps from a career perspective. It's part of personal branding now because personal branding, the personal bit, is a key operative word in that term for mm. me personally. Definitely, that people should let you into that. Um, that human side of yourself, because that is what relationship building is all about. You know, so from a personal branding point of view, I think personal means you are sharing stuff that's happening definitely to you at work, because, you know, most people, uh, you're gonna need it at some point in your career, either when you're looking for a new job. And I find on LinkedIn, people start to take interest in their personal brand, when they need it which is completely the wrong time to do it because Mm. you should be always investing it's no different to CPD you've got to invest in your personal brand and if that's the occasional work-related post and nothing personal that's fine but I think as you become more comfortable with it you know what you are comfortable sharing and that's a personal choice and there's no prerequisite there are no rules of engagement that say you must share a picture of your family once a week If you want to do that, then go ahead and do that. Uh, I've done it this morning, both my daughters uh, who are Muslim, uh, you know, the school, Cherwell Primary, so shout out to them. They're massive on diversity and inclusion. There's an Eid assembly today and they had to do a PowerPoint presentation for it. So it it was great to talk them through that, but also to just celebrate the school for doing that. So that's a personal post, but I often find personal posts have, have got me more engagement not, I'm, not that I'm here for the likes but they often get the most responses and engagement than those carefully curated content posts that you create that take you three months to put together
1: and know, so yeah I mean that is absolutely fascinating Gemma Butler that actually the personal branding, the personal element of social media can be a more powerful tool for business than the out and out business tool. Given that, should we all be using it? Should companies be able to demand that as marketers we use
0: it? I think, do you know what? I was thinking about this before uh, before we started. And uh, I think there's three areas there. There's your organization's social media channels and accounts and, and what the conversations that I had and, and what they do. Uh, within those platforms. I think then there's you as a a person, as an individual with your account. And I think how you use that account, what you use, what you say on that account, what you post on that account will probably determine whether there is scope to turn it into uh, an account that you can use within your career. And I think, you know, that is something that people need to consider. Is this something that can evolve into that sort of space? And I think then in the middle, there's you as a digital marketer, social media manager. And I think that's where the gray area comes. That's where the lines are blurred. And I think this comes from the fact that, you know, there is no clear definition now with social media of you at home and you in your job, you know, you're always contactable, you're always connected. And, you know, remember when you used to go to school and once you left school, They had to phone you on the landline. Nobody could get hold of you. And I think, you know, and social media has just connected you 24-7 now. So I think there's a real grey area in the middle. And what you do with your personal account is entirely up to you. But that doesn't necessarily automatically make it viable as an account that you would then move into your work, depending on what you've posted on there. So I think that's a considered choice that people need to look at that. And if you are thinking about building a personal brand up through social media, Uh, I think you need to look at what you've done in your personal life and what you have posted and what you've liked and all of those things before you make that leap.
1: Have you ever had any negative experiences of using a personal social media account? Uh,
0: No, but I think that's because I'm really, really careful not to be. Uh, subjective i if if something triggers me emotionally in terms of the stuff that happens on the on the social platform that i do use uh i don't respond in a way that is emotive because i think that's where that line blurred line comes so i try to remain objective um and and stay away from anything that triggers me i if if something does trigger me i write it down then i delete it
1: how about you how about you asif have you ever had any negative experiences I was talking about this the other the other day
2: with with Coms Hero back uh, probably eight years ago we had um, after our first ever event uh, which we had a fantastic feedback for and lots of uh, you know praise and acclaim and it was really great and in fact people wanted more of it but it was my first experience of uh, social media haters and uh, which was quite a strange experience because that that was a um, a kind of pivotal moment for me because it was the first time that I experienced any negativity because I, and it did make me question, do I really need to be on here because I'm using it for work? Uh, and I sought the advice of um, uh, some colleagues and also some experienced uh, uh, connections that I know I knew at the time. And they gave me some good advice in terms of just taking a step back and to kind of echo Gemma's point, you, you kind of just, what you are doing is you're putting yourself in the firing line both for positive acclaim and feedback but also negative and you've got to accept that it comes with the territory and if you're not happy with both of those then stay off it because if you're doing the positive stuff well you are going to attract haters Um, but take that as a compliment because you are being heard and you will be heard by more positive people if that's what you're doing and that's what you're there for than you will the haters. So eight years ago it was um, a strange experience and when I did take a step back it was literally six people Uh, and eight years on uh, Coms Hero as a brand has continued to grow and evolve and and get bigger and better and um, but you have to be mindful that things are going to happen. Um, And, you know, running the Coms Hero brand, somebody actually did uh, send, uh, well, it was a bit of a not very nice comment directed at me personally through the contact us form on the Coms Hero website. So that wasn't directed at me openly on social media and i thought wow that's that was only last year and i thought wow that's strange i've never seen anyone use the contact us form to troll anyone no but it did happen so but it is you know another part of being digitally accessible you have to accept and um, that is something you're going to come across but the, the good the, for me personally the good
1: has far outweighed the bad uh, definitely that's that's a very rational and wizened view of it. you know, and congratulations to, you to take that. That actually, the greater the amount of love, the greater the amount of hate. They go in tandem. So if you're getting yeah. a little bit of hate, you are probably getting a big, big, bigger love if you like. But nevertheless, Gemma Butler, can it sometimes be dangerous to be on social media and to be expose ourselves in this way, particularly in a profession like marketing, where we are putting ourselves out there in a personal space in most cases, and in a business space, every day
0: i think you know there's always a danger when you put yourself out into a social space because let's face it the majority of people you don't even know who they are we don't know who they you know they, they may not even be who they say they are but i think there's a clear difference between somebody trolling somebody and being personal and you know just not very not very nice in some case you know really horrible versus being challenged and you know and having people ask you questions not agreeing with what you're saying and if people don't agree with what you say that's absolutely fine and you know and I'm happy to always have an objective discussion with somebody and 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 exchange points of view that is absolutely you know valid and that's what happens when you put your points of view out there or or you know a piece of content and you know I would welcome that people challenge on those things because that's kind of what social media should be doing isn't it I mean social media is about social it's about having conversation and conversation is two ways and it doesn't always have to be everybody agreeing with everybody I think there's just a very clear difference when it crosses the line I think it becomes very very evident and that's the piece that I think people really struggle with because that that's the algorithms drive that negativity to the top because they need to keep you on the page don't they
1: Indeed, and it does sometimes cross the line. I mean, let's be honest, there are countless examples now, of it it crossed the line and it has caused some horrific outcomes. I mean, we're asked here, this is a LinkedIn poll run this month, so very recent, whether your company provides mental health or additional support um, for staff regularly using social media. So does it provide mental health support or some sort of additional support for your staff using social media? quite a big response to this poll, more than 500 people wrote in, only 15% of people who wrote in said that they did get that support through their company, 76% said no, with 7% saying they hope it will happen in the future, and a couple of percent who've never used social media, but nevertheless that's three quarters, more than three quarters of companies and not providing any support in an area where we know it can cross the line and that sometimes outcomes can be pretty awful. As if, should we be doing more as some sort of security backup, given that a lot of marketers are exposed to this, as we say, seven days a week, 365 days a year? Yeah, I, I would agree. And when I saw the results from the poll, I,
2: I, I don't know if it, I don't think it surprised me because the, if you, if the question was, um, didn't have the word social media, does your company provide mental health support? I think that it would have been, yes, 75, 80%. Right. Because that's, especially during the pandemic, but that's come as a result of people's screen time and the pandemic conditions of lockdown and so on and so forth that have uh, kind of um, exaggerated and accelerated those mental health problems for a lot of people. But when you tag on social media, is that specifically in marketing terms social media managers they're part of this always on culture so i think definitely social media needs to be picked out as a specific cause of mental health and dealt with probably in a different way than brand you know putting it into mental health as a general point
1: they are always on i mean they are always on should they be always on you know should we actually say to our marketers and our teams look we should limit in the same way that a truck driver is limited by how far he can drive and how long he can drive for in any one period should we be putting limits on the time that people spend on this thing
0: i don't think you can restrict how long people are on social media i mean look at i mean even the phone the smartphones give you the screen times and you know there's parental locks and all sorts you can do but ultimately i don't think you can restrict it i think if if you have social media managers, which um, every company probably does in their organisations, you know, they there should obviously be clear, defined timeframes within the working hours that you are expected to do your role and outside of those working hours that you're not. Um, but unfortunately, if somebody says something to you at, at 5.30, uh, it will, you'll carry that home with you and probably let it mull around in your head. I think, you know there is absolutely no doubt that social media has had an enormously negative impact on people's mental health you only have to google it and there is just there's more research you know what to do with with regards to young people uh actually people of across all generations where it's had a very very uh detrimental impact um to our to how we how we think and and how we see ourselves and how we compare ourselves to others um but I think, you know, it, it's here and it's not going anywhere. And I think it's about, I guess, giving people the support, but also, you know, people understanding what it is. It is what it is and, and how they manage that is, you know, in, in some part down to them and, and their behaviours as well.
1: If we're not about limiting time or, you know, putting restrictions on temporarily on people, who are doing good stuff, but may be affected by the bad stuff. Should we be limiting the amount of people who can use it? You know, should there be a policy where three strikes and you're out? Some people seem to go out of the way to troll and spread hate and be unpleasant to people on social media. Yet they, for the most part, as if are uh, allowed to continue on doing so. Should there be some sort of regulation which people who've got a track record in trolling or even cyberbullying can be removed from this thing easily and quickly? Yeah, I think there's definitely
2: a a case for that, and that's always the bit that um, has astounded me. Not necessarily on LinkedIn, because although LinkedIn has, over the last probably three to four years, become more uh, personable rather than work, you still have people putting disclaimers and sorry for the work-related post or personal posts. I don't normally put personal posts on, but certainly for. Um, you'll see more of that on Twitter, it, you know, it's meant to be a free speech platform. So there is that dilemma does what does free speech actually mean to, you know, you have to accept that. But there should be some regulation for people where it starts to turn into things that are going to affect people or, um, you know, from a mental health point of view or threats physically and things like that. And all this stuff does go on. But there are, uh, you know, but I think there's always going to be huge amounts of really good stuff in in social media that are going to keep people there mm. and um, it's interesting Gemma you mentioned before about the algorithms putting all the negative stuff to the top and I recently recorded a podcast with Ellie Cook from CIM where we're talking about Johan Hari and Stolen Focus and Lost Connections. I have to admit I listened to Stolen Focus on Audible and um, it was a real game changer for me and I did actually download after watching the social feeds on CIM Summit, We Are Eight, because I kind of got what We Are Eight was about. That was a real game changer in terms of that, you know, regulating time, regulating people. You kind of get put into, you know, into this rabbit hole of content, infinite content, because it's being served up to you. Uh, And only when you actually listen or read something like Stolen Focus will it change your perceptions on how, you use social media. It won't necessarily tell you don't use it anymore, but use it in a considered way. I'm not a big fan of digital detox. I've, I'm not really done one. Um, you kind of know yourself. It's no different to any physical ailment. If your knees hurting, then don't go for a run. You yeah. know, uh, if you need some downtime and you need some headspace, then the last thing you want to do, open a social media app. Don't do it. You know, um, the same rules of engagement apply to, uh, but. I appreciate as well on the, on the flip side people do need guidance as to uh, how to be supported on that but ultimately an individual makes their own decision when when and how often how long they have their phone in their hand.
0: And I think you know it, a stolen focus is exactly what absolutely changed my view or opened my eyes should I say to the facts that sat behind it because he interviewed he interviewed over 250 people for that book and you know It's clear and Sue Fennessy from We Are Eight said exactly the same thing. The technology is there to turn off the hate or to remove the people who are, you know, putting those hateful comments out. The technology is there for social media platforms to uh, validate and verify the people that are on there. So they cannot be faceless and have multiple accounts where there's no absolutely no way of finding out who they are. They choose not to. And, you know, and Johan Hari is very clear that they choose not to. And, you know, he spoke about negative bias. If you're going down the motorway and there's a flower on one side and a car crash on the other, you naturally look at the car crash. And that's the algorithms that feed effectively that negative bias that we absolutely seem to be attracted to. But interestingly, uh, in CIM's CMO survey um, and report that we did, uh, the CMO 50, more CMOs uh, are, are, are calling for regulation on social media than ever before in terms of the advertising and what businesses put out in there, you know, in terms of children and gambling um, and, you know, f- obesity and all of these subjects. Um, that are, are damaging society, they absolutely uh, would welcome more regulation in and around that area. And, you know, the Green Claims Code around greenwashing, exactly the same welcome regulation.
1: Some platforms are swamped in advertising now. Instagram has gone from being a, the world's photo album to basically a selection of adverts interspersed by the occasional photograph. What's often happened, Asif, is that platforms have become extremely popular for a time. They've then either got swamped with advertising, or they've been taken over by trolls, or they've just become unfashionable, and they've died out. Obviously, the two of the biggest at the moment that we talk about frequently, most of all, perhaps, are Instagram and TikTok. Do you expect that they will go the way of the MySpaces and the Friends Reunited at some place and uh, uh, be replaced by something else? I, I, I don't think there
2: will. You know, there probably was a trend a few years ago that platforms. Uh, came and went but I think that whole um, the sophistication of the algorithms and the uh, retargeting follow me pop-up advert society that we live in keeps you in these spaces so that you know it's serving up content that with the sophisticated algorithms is in some cases pretty accurate to be honest with you you know so the I I had to google some of the stats to find out because I'm not I'm not one I don't you know I've never looked at when was instagram created in 2010 and that's over a billion users worldwide and TikTok, 2017 and it's risen from 54 million users in 2017 to 1.2 billion in 2021 so those stats suggest they're not going anywhere
1: and they're here for the long haul and they're becoming more popular do you think they'll evolve Gemma, but they're replaced by something new entirely
0: well i think you know it's it's become clear that that we are the product on social media you know if we all the time we're watching social media uh, and those ads are being served up it gives a reason why uh, brands will not move away from you know just ultimately putting out as many ads as they can across platforms because the eyes are there now we know that the engagement rates are exceptionally low but that fear of not being in that space and you'll get missed it continues to live but i think that there is a a, a a different potential future coming. Um, we are eight, as we've mentioned before, it's, you know, it doesn't have any, it doesn't have any algorithms. It's a hate free space, you have to verify and validate who you are before you can make comments. And it's got some really amazing technology built into it where if you, you know, if you do make comments or use certain words that are deemed to be, you know, hateful or not things that you say, it will actually message you in a, in a nice way and just say, are you sure you want to say that. Um, and, and hopefully make you think before you hit post. And I think that is a really interesting concept that you can also leave the platform and, and and have a look at other stuff. It encourages you to leave the platform, whereas most keep you in. And then interestingly, I saw the other week uh, a new platform called Supernova that's right. come out um, again. One that's that's about taking uh, all of the money made, and, and I think they donate 50% of all of that money to charity. So. These platforms are starting to pop up now um, and, I, and I think the, they're starting to essentially come out into the market. As I think people realise that we are the product um, for social media.
1: That's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, Asif, that there's a recognition by some of these neo-social platforms, we are at supermover that we are the product. And they say, OK, we accept that. Let's deal with it and, and manage it in a better way. Be nicer about it um In We Are Eight's case, this is the fairly new uh, platform that's backed by footballer Rio Ferdinand and others. They actually pay users to watch ads. So instead of, as I say, I was whining earlier about Instagram, which is now uh, swamped with ads, which I have to watch whether I like it or not. And We Are Eight, you, you are actually paid to watch the ads in order to use the platform. So they are accepting that the users are the product, but they're being a lot nicer about it, as if. They are, and I, think, I, I do hope We Are Eight
2: gains the traction that it well the the whole purpose behind it uh, deserves and warrants um but that's going to be a, a a decision from individuals that you know um i don't know what it is to, you know all that hate and controversy that's in twitter that keeps people there you know so i hope people do migrate i downloaded it um and it wasn't the fact of being paid for watching ads that was the reason for it was the purpose behind it and Mm. um, but because I'm not using social media to consume personal news and things like that then um, that was the other debate for me will my business contacts also be on there will my networks be on there that's a key consideration for me because that is genuinely the reason I use social for but it it was brilliant to see that purpose behind it and I do hope it uh, it takes over the likes of Twitter and, you know, I can migrate onto there and that becomes my platform of choice uh, because all those negative elements, they're just, they're not there. It doesn't need to be there. Um, I sincerely hope it does and, and good on we are right for, for do, you know, it's a challenger brand of, of social media, isn't it? And as a marketer, we should welcome them and it'd be interesting to see the journey as it progresses.
1: Do you think we'll end up with a new era where, you know, some of the bullying, cyber bullying is regulated, there's less greenwashing, there's more positivity, the values of these platforms are better, Gemma Butler, or is that triumph of hope over experience?
0: I would love that to be the case, and it's something absolutely in my work that I am driving and pushing for with everything I have, um, more so because I think, you know, the next generation coming up, you know, they shouldn't have to have to deal with these sorts of things and be exposed to, the, to, to, the, to what's currently out there. So, you know, even at the CIM Sustainability Summit, you know, Rio Ferdinand made the point of not everyone's going to migrate over and then there still is a space for Twitter and there'll still be a space for LinkedIn, there'll still be a space for We Are right, and there'll still be a space for TikTok. It's what you choose to do on those platforms, but ultimately, it will show you that there is a better place, you know, um, and that there is a better way of doing stuff and actually that people have the power. People have the power to drive the change. And I think that's that's probably the biggest mindset change. If we're going to take on the environmental crisis and the cost of living crisis, that people have a voice and, you know, we need to start using our voices. So
1: social media generally good thing as if lots of love on there, some interesting developments some more positive developments and some innovative platforms coming forward. But we know that it's, that social media generally is not an unflawed thing. It's something we have to be aware of the negatives as well. What would be quick fire question to finish both of you, your advice to marketers who will continue and may have to continue using social media, some of the legacy platforms as well, we hope some of the newer, more enlightened platforms, use them both personally and professionally. I'd, I'd say, you know,
2: start, start the journey now. And don't be afraid to big yourself up. So if you do receive a certificate from CIM, if that's your chosen body, then you should post that on there. Not only do you get engagement, but it's also, um, you know, your next career move, if that is, uh, you know, the thing now with people moving jobs as they do more regularly. Recruiters, HR professionals, they will Google you before they read your CV and If you don't have a digital footprint it's probably probably more harmful harmful. especially in marketing that they can't find anything on you and if they do find something it doesn't want to only be the personal stuff on your facebook account on your or your uh, opinions on your local football team or whatever it is professional content is absolutely crucial and that is the modern day networker relationship builder you kind of need to be on there to be honest with you and um, uh, that's where your audience is Jeremy Butler
0: I think as brands absolutely use social media I think but just kind of be mindful of the fact that it's a place for conversation and conversation goes two ways you know you can get so much information out of social media in terms of what people think of your brand the sentiment don't use it as a broadcast channel because that's not what it was ultimately designed for um and you know just just take the value out of it and and have have something to say and and you know and I guess just use it to to draw drive your business forward on a personal level, you know, use it to build up your personal brand. There is no rush to build your personal brand. Um, I keep seeing posts around why do I need a personal brand at the very start of my career. I didn't start building my personal brand, as I said, till two years ago, because I didn't think anyone cared about what I had to say enough. So I just didn't say it. That's me being completely honest. Um, and then I found my purpose. And now now you can't stop me. But you know, I think personally, yes, absolutely use social media, but be go in with your eyes open and know that it can be a really, really toxic, awful place and just try and not look at that. Just like you would not look at the media every day if it started to damage your mental health. As Asif said, if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't go for a run.
1: If you've got a broken leg, don't go for a run, but otherwise, enjoy your running. Gemma Butler, Asif Traudry, thank you very much indeed. What a brilliant, brilliant show we've had today. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. CIM Marketing
2: Podcast.